we were going to do a podcast about one thing and now we're doing a podcast about something very, very different because we, we're, we're using all this terminology and it depends on how long you've been listening and following all of this, how much sense this makes, I would imagine. And if you're just listening for the first time, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's not going to make a whole lot of sense, but we're talking about how the stream is talking more and more and more or speaking more and more to the matrix, the collective consciousness of all humanity. And the matrix is this operating system that humanity operates in, this belief system. And in this belief system, we, we are born into society and depending on the country and the religion and the culture that we're born into, we are taught a variant of that belief system. And it, it runs our lives and it's, it's not bad. This isn't judging it. This is observing it and recognizing it. I've been doing a lot of work lately, really paying attention to the stream's guidance because it's really evolving right now. And the timeline is so interesting how I've been receiving this information my whole life on a certain level. I ignored it. I bounced around in the matrix for many, many years. And then I started working my way out in my 40s. And I, I've spoken so many times about how I fixed everything in my life in my 40s. And I realized that all of that fixing, I was learning to really operate more effectively in the matrix. And then what happened around 50 is I really started the, the momentum or the, the ball rolling toward not even realizing it, but toward moving myself out of that quitting my job, starting the podcast, writing the book, uh, no longer worrying about being, you know, judged as some kook who thinks he channels source. <laughs> um, and then that has just evolved. And it's evolved to this point where I, I was saying to Stacy before we bothered to hit record here, that I feel like I'm out in the wilderness right now, that the, the matrix is this this society that has been created for humanity. And it's sort of like you, you have this civilization. And as long as you are functioning somewhat in some level of fear and judgment, you get to stay in the matrix. And once yeah. you really start stripping that fear and judgment away, the matrix sort of spits you out. And you get to decide whether you wanna go back into that or you wanna stay out in the wilderness. Well, I'm really, really, and this is apropos to your actual 3D physical experience right now. Yeah. I really am out in the wilderness right now. Vibrationally, yeah. I'm out in the wilderness. Well, and I love the way we were talking about it just previously here that it, it's kind of the matrix is its own version of a human generated, human created reality, i.e. like video game, like a, a virtual reality. And then once you step out of the matrix, you're stepping into another perceived reality, whatever that is for you, because it's not within the constructs of fear and judgment and the guidelines and belief systems that the matrix presents for us to exist and to thrive and to fit in. So being out of the wilderness, I think is a great, great metaphor for looking at at least for me, when I'm out in a remote place, when I'm out in the middle of nothing, I start to really imagine like what 
could my reality be when I do return home? When I do get to a place where I'm interacting more on a societal level, like what, what does that feel like? What is the energy to step into? If the matrix isn't fitting my needs, my vibration, I'm just noticing uh, a lot of fear and judgment, a lot of fear and judgment. I, 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 honestly, I tire of that. And I think that's why I purposefully go out into the wilderness, hang with the trees. They're, they're real trees, no, no, cell zone, no cell zones at all. So that I like that analogy of creating something different, almost, almost a virtual reality. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that the stream has said before that what's happening to humanity is that because of our technology and our ability to communicate and share ideas, our intelligence has taken this giant leap forward. And in our mm -hmm. intelligence taking this giant leap forward, we're starting to get more clarity about stuff. Well, when you take this leap forward and you get more clarity and you start questioning everything, then it's, you, you sort of have two, two ways to go. You either go down the rabbit hole of judgment and fear and all that questioning. That's where all of the conspiracy theories come from and QAnon and all that stuff, because yeah. there's, there's vibrations present that people are tapping into, and then you can get sucked right down into the rabbit hole of information, disinformation, whatever you want to call it. And you can let fear and judgment take over. And then you're going to have this really negative polarized experience in the matrix, in this fear and judgment, even though it may be more clear. Sometimes I, I hear the people with the conspiracy theories and I can really, if I'm not judging them, tune in and really understand what they're tapping into. And what we've seen over the last two years is a lot of these kooky conspiracy theories turn out to be true. Not all of them, not all of them certainly, but a lot of them have been proven to be true. And then you can get sucked right back in and like, oh, oh yeah, the crazy conspiracy theorists were right about whatever X, Y, Z. And then you can get drawn right into that if you allow yourself to. So the key to this and, and really what Taya gives you the foundation to do is observe without judgment. Because when you detune fear and judgment and you hear some crazy conspiracy theory and that you don't have fear and judgment present, you can tune in and listen to it. And suddenly it's not a crazy conspiracy theory. It's, hmm, that's interesting. And the, the really interesting thing is, is that this, this concept, this very polarized concept of truth or true or false. We, we are taught very early on that everything is either true or it's false, but everyone creates their own bubble of reality so there are things that are true for some people that are not true for others. And I see out here in the wilderness, I see so much gray. I see mm. so much gray. I, I see less and less and less black and white. I can listen to something and, and see the perspective and appreciate the perspective without getting drawn into it on any mm -hmm. topic, either side. Yeah, it sounds like what you're describing to me is the uh, ability, Taya teaches us the ability to um, observe the polarization that we're experiencing. 
without fear, without judgment, without trying to fix it, but just noticing, hmm, this is an interesting thing that's occurring at this moment. This is an interesting thing that's occurring in my life. It's vastly different from what I had experienced yesterday or what I did before, say years ago. I think that's really the key though, what you said is how, how can we start to release the fear and judgment and constantly allowing ourselves to be aware of it as it comes up because it comes up daily because it comes up every time you open your phone and look at the news and oh my god they're overturning this oh my god this is happening oh this you know rock star died whatever it's it's really interesting to watch the polarization of the matrix play out constantly and I'm wondering too, I mean, even if we do create a different reality, virtual reality from the matrix, we're not escaping polarization. That will always exist as we are here on this planet, correct? Yes, the stream has been very clear about that, that, that we are gonna be subject to polarity in any physical environment and, and we want that. Our eternal consciousness, yeah. which isn't judging our experience the way we are taught to judge our experience, yeah. wants the polarity because the polarity is the thing that draws our vibration down and creates obstacles that gives us an opportunity to to create new in the solving of our obstacles the that's the reason we come to physical that's the whole reason for life is that mm-hmm. and it's i'm so deep into it now and if you're new to these teachings this stuff starts to, the more you listen to this, the more, the more all of this starts to make sense. And we do have a set of teachings available on our website that you can go in and it's free and you can, uh, uh, I think you sign up for email updates and you get a newsletter once a week and the teachings will sort of start to lay the foundation for all of this stuff. If it sounds intriguing, that's, that's a good way to start all of this. So understanding in the stream has said that we are becoming so intelligent that we are chasing the tail of the technology that creates us. I know that sounds crazy. I know it does. But even you know Elon Musk, who people think is you know, like the smartest man on the planet, I don't necessarily think he's the smartest man. He's certainly one of the wealthiest people on the planet and very successful and very respected. Um, but there's plenty of smart people running around is my point. But he's, he's got some interesting ideas. And what I love about him is that he is not, he is fearless in his sharing of his opinion and his ideas and his thoughts. That's what I love about him. And he'll say crazy stuff and people will listen because he's, he's rich. Well, if you're rich, I'll listen to what you have to say because I want to be rich too. So, you know, maybe there's some wisdom in that. And he is talking about how artificial intelligence is going to take over the world and that we will become... Uh, you know, pawns of artificial intelligence at some point. I'm not fearing that because I believe that we're already artificial intelligence. We, we are uh, a vibrational creation here having this, this sort of manufactured experience. Think about how manufactured our experience really is. The, the way yeah. that we judge ourselves, the way that we behave, uh, the paths that we take in our lives, there's such a template to that. And people are starting to step out of the template. And we see younger generations really stepping out of the template because they're born up to speed with the time that they project into. So the younger you go generationally, the more freedom seeking they are, not perfect, still polarized, but the less they're concerned about religion, 
the less they're concerned about nationality, the less they're concerned about uh, limit, the perceived limitations of things like race and things like that or gender, uh, and, and, yeah. and the less they're even concerned about being a gender, right? Gender, income, uh, 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 the security of household, real estate. Yeah, they don't, they typically don't own homes. They don't bother to get married. They hop from job to job if they're employed at all, country to country. Right. It's it's a very different way of life than baby boomers, for for example. Um, yeah. it, it's it's interesting. It really is interesting. So you you see the evolution of humanity playing out in this way, but always polarized. Yeah. Because what I see in the younger generations is, gosh, you question everything and you've got all this freedom and you've got the nerve to step out and just be yourselves and, and you know, not necessarily have any of these labels. But then you turn right around and create these new labels. And then we have all of this self-victimization around the labels that are created. That You're drawn right yeah. back into the matrix. You know, I'm a they, them, and you better call me a they, them, or you're hating on me. And who cares? If you want to be a they, them, be a they, them. But why, why do we need external validation for anything? If, if you really release the need for external validation, you are really getting out into the wilderness. You are really getting out of the matrix when you, when you are no longer judging yourself based on whatever humanity tells you that you're supposed to be. Well, and I think that's something that we touched on just briefly there when we were talking before we started recording was that in our forties, we assumed that we had, oh, we've done everything to change ourselves, to improve our lives, to, to make us better, to make ourselves better, um, to be more at peace with who we are and our self-love. And then when you hit 50, you realize, oh no, <laughs> there's a freedom that goes along with that aging where I, I feel like I'm now, like you're describing, able to look back at the newer generation without disdain, without judging, without, but with more curiosity of like, wow, what are they creating here? This is really interesting because it's acceptable for me as a 55 plus year old woman to be roaming around in an RV, right? Because that's retirement living. But I see so many 20 somethings doing it also here and it's are that is it an acceptable form do people look down at them as oh well they're not really living up to their potential most of them are just banking money the ones that are working and so it's interesting that there's that there's still that um um you know judgment around different age ranges and just the simplicity of living a different type of lifestyle yeah. And the freedom of the wisdom of aging. I mean, I'm finding it quite freeing. It's like, wow. Yeah, I think the more, the, the more you detune the judgment of aging and the fear of death, the more you can enjoy uh, yes. the aging process and the more that wisdom does flow. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing that. And it's funny, we're talking about these decades. I, I spent my 30s chasing very, very much in the matrix, chasing material uh, success to, to validate yeah. my ability to, to have a quote unquote happy life. And, you know, I, I found myself at 4041 with the big house and the fancy cars and all the stuff. And I enjoyed it, but it wasn't really making me happy. And then there were, there were all these other things that I hadn't paid attention to in my forties that yeah. I went, Oh, getting into the best shape 
and getting out of the, you know, the not working relationship and the, uh, you know, getting rid of the big house and downsizing and having more freedom and traveling and, and all of that sort of thing, ultimately getting out of my career, which I really wanted to do. So that was still a version of 3D or, or a version of the matrix, if you will, but it was more of a spiritual journey. It was physical and spiritual and really kind of in alignment with what a lot of people that are into what I would call mainstream spirituality, that's the path that they're having. And now I kind of feel like, gosh, I did all of that and I, I got to that space and now it's like, well, wait, there's another level. There's another level where it's, you know, there's so much spiritual stuff that is so, that is still so steeped in ego. If I release more ego, where do I go now? Where I don't worry about uh, external uh, validation uh, because of my appearance or how many followers I have on Instagram or how much money I have coming in or any of that stuff. When I really let go of any desire for any 3D validation of anything and can really just find joy in being. Yeah. And I find my joy in being in the systematic, for me, the systematic detuning of fear and judgment. Really experiencing 3D life and, and having the experience. I still have a 3D life. I drive a car, I'm remodeling a house right now. I'm you know, dealing with you know, the, the, the things that go along with that. But it's like having these 3D life experiences and experiencing them differently at every turn, detuning fear and judgment, not getting angry, not getting upset, uh, watching when uh, I, I, the new house is, is sort of out. Uh, we're actually out way out here where Coachella happens. Uh, we're just uh, we're two weeks away from uh, out of Coachella now. I can literally hear Coachella from my back door, you know. So we're, we're about 30 minutes out of Palm Springs now. So it's a little more country, a little more um not as polished uh you know palm springs is not a big town but it's pretty cosmopolitan because it's so la focused and i went to get uh i was at the house yesterday and i went to this little shopping center on the corner to get something to drink and i pull in i went to the dairy queen where we stopped the other day uh and that little shopping center it's just a little random shopping center on the corner by my house and i pull up and i'm looking and there's this um this dry cleaner there and it's got all these signs plastered all over the, there's like a million little rules that you have to do to, to follow before you can walk into this tiny little dry cleaner uh you know it's our sign and all of that and uh you know we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone was posted up there um no public no restroom was posted up there and my favorite i love this this is for a dry cleaner now no shoes no shirt no service <laughs> And I'm thinking, well, this is a dry cleaner. If they don't have a shoe, shoes for sure, why the hell are they even walking in there? And I was kind of laughing about it and having a funny moment. Then the judgment kicked in like, wow, this is kind of a trashy little, this is kind of a low-class little shopping center if you've got to put, you know, hoods. And then I realized, whoa, you know, here I am back in the matrix of judgment, you know, uh, you know, sitting here in my little Mercedes judging the stupid shopping center. And I'm like, why? Why do I want to have the experience of, of labeling this a trashy shopping center and being that snooty person that I haven't really been in a long time, where did that come from? You know, that vibrational yeah. dust of, of this old vibration that was something that was sort of in my basement of judgment around, well, this should be a nicer shopping center. And, you know, why do you have all these signs on the door? What kind of people are hanging out here? Who cares? 
you know, but that bubbled up for me. It bubbled up for me. It went from kind of laughing and being joyful about something like, oh, that's so silly that you think you have to have all these signs on your door to then kind of going back into that old judgment of, well, you know, what is this place and why do they have to have all that? And what's wrong with this? It was really interesting just to catch that in the moment and realize who cares, who cares? Yeah. You know, if, I, I should be happy that right around the corner, there's a Dairy Queen where if I want ice cream or a drink or something, I can just go right here and pull right in and grab it. it you know, appreciation. <laughs> and if well, I go to the dry cleaners, I will make sure I wear shoes and a shirt. <laughs> well, it's very similar to living in an RV. Okay. Like we're in a 16 foot RV. It's minusculely small compared to the 40 foot behemoths that are around us here that people are living in, right? Community pool. There's one guy in particular who comes every day. You can tell he's probably from Bakersfield or Lancaster or some, somewhere very, mm, I won't say redneck, but yes, very country. He's got country roots, right? And he comes to the pool. He's got his fancy mustache and he's wearing his Speedo. And I've watched him day after day work on yeah, attaining the company of another young woman. <laughs> Being a different I, woman I, every day? Yeah. And I kind of noticed myself, I'm like, hmm, I got a little judgment around this. This is interesting. Well, then this lady comes. She has five small children. They're all hers. They all start to swim. And he starts playing with these kids. He starts showing them how to do backflips and um, silly things. Be a salmon. You know, he's jumping into the pool with these kids. And they're having the greatest time. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, here I judged this individual based on his appearance, based on his previous um, actions around me in, in a bit of disdain. Yet I watch him with these kids and I'm sitting on the side of the pool laughing and realizing he's just bringing more joy to these children's lives. So why am I not experiencing him in the same way as he's wearing his American flag Speedo? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very similar story, that snobbiness. Um, yeah. You know, detuning snob snobbery, right? Well, snobbery, snobbery, doesn't feel, snobbery doesn't feel good. That, that's not a high vibe of snobbery. I'm better than you because I have more money or, you know, more education or I'm not from Bakersfield. I, I didn't know that until I moved to Southern California, how everybody here shits on Bakersfield. <laughs> I know, they, do. they really do. And yeah, I've only driven through it. I, when I used to live in San Francisco and I would drive down to Palm Springs, I would drive through Bakersfield. That was sort of my cutoff to go through the desert and get here faster. So I don't know anything about it, but. You know, I'm from a small town in Louisiana, so it's it, every, every small town in the South kind of craps all over the next little town over. You know, we're better than you. Yeah. We have four yes. stoplights and a McDonald's, so <laughs> we're bougie and you're, you know, you're, you're trash. Well, it's funny. That, that's, again, that's just feeding the ego. Judging, judging something or someone, especially in that, that, that vibration of snobbery, uh, that's, that's just soothing our own ego, right? Oh, yeah. And it's creating separation. So separation, not only from source, from other people that we're interacting with, just so we can feel superior. Does yeah. That bring you yeah. Source so isn't judging the dude in the Speedo and source isn't judging oh, whoever is walking into uh, a dry cleaner without sh shoes and a shirt to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we, how do we adopt more of that? You know, how do we bring more of that in? It's, it's uh, you're a lot happier. The more you bring yes. that in and, and the less you're, you know, looking down your nose at, at other beings, the happier you just are. Because there's no, the only value in judging other people is just making yourself feel better about yourself. You know, you're, you're, yeah, you're yeah. looking for that. Again, it's another form of external validation. 
here's someone that I can feel superior to so I can feel better about myself. But it's, it's all matrix. It's all a facade. It doesn't mean anything. That's exactly what I was going to say. And you know, when you really start to notice how much you're judging other people, stop for a moment and realize how much you judge yourself. Yeah. How much? Yeah, because that's that, uh, that's a vibration that you create that ultimately will be turned inward. If you yeah. if you are holding yeah. yourself to that high standard so that you can feel superior, you can't help but judge yourself. Then when you fall down, and we all fall down, we all oh, have imperfections. <laughs> we all do for sure. <laughs> Yeah, RV living is really interesting. And that's the other thing you you um in the judging and being superior and being in my ego, if I chose that pathway, then I'm gonna sit in my trailer and be miserable, right? I'm gonna sit there and be grumpy and oh I'm upset, better than like this place and all these people are beneath me and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Why am I here? Oh my god. And, and you know, it's really more of this is an interesting experience how can I allow whatever's coming at me experientially just to be what, well, how might that enrich my life? It is just an experience. If I'm here to expand what, what part of that experience will enrich my life, will expand my thinking, will help me connect to somebody else. Um, we'll make, you know, learn some random fact. There's random facts I'm learning all the time. You got to spray your tires with bug repellent because the cockroaches will climb up into your trailer. Oh, wow. I know. I just figured that out the other day. I was like, oh, my cockroaches. But when you're living as closely as we are, you know, it totally makes sense. I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't think about that. You know, uh, lots of folks here are recovering from illness, terminal illnesses that they've beaten cancer, um, you know, are, are of... A place where their retirement is no longer like they have no money so they're here living off social security yet we're living in literally the bougie park because it's gated it's got a nice pool it's secure there's not a bunch of riffraff floating around it's you know it's like wow it's one of the most secure places i could actually be in action california <laughs> yeah so are there people there that just live there full time yeah yeah, yeah because out here where I am, I don't know if you've passed it on the 10, but right by me, there's a massive park and it's a motor, it's not a mobile home park, it's a motor home park, but yes. it's yeah, yeah. so big and it's always packed. And I just wonder how many people just live there and how many of those are passing yeah. through. Uh, well, so we were, there's also an RV um, mobile, mobile home um, dealership right below the park here. So we decided to go check it out. And for under $200,000, you can get yourself a really beautiful rig, like really tricked out fake fireplace with the, you know, the um, glass in the bottom of it, the giant screen TV, the beautiful countertops with the, you know, um, you know, island in the middle with all your fancy ranges. We walked into this one and the bedroom was spectacular. It was gorgeous. And it's like, wow, I don't have a strong desire to get one. But I think, well, this is really neat. You know, you could do that. You could get yourself a, a fancy big, big truck and live really cheaply. For uh, this RV park, I think the rent's around $1,200 a month. All your utilities, all your sewer, all your water, pool, laundry facilities, it's four bucks to do a wash. That's so cheap. <laughs> in Santa Barbara, it was like- Well, you know, it's an adventure. You're living out in, uh, living out in wilderness. It's an adventure, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then yesterday, uh, this bus pulls up. 
next to, in the slot next to us. One of the sexiest pieces of equipment I've seen in a long time. It was beautiful, brand new paper plates. And I thought, oh, I'm gonna Google it just to see. $730,000 for this rig. It was gorgeous. And they only stayed a night, so I didn't get a chance to like friend them up a bit and take a tour because I wanted to see the inside. But you can live any way you want, be mobile, stay here until it gets too hot, move north. You know, I think that's what a lot of people do. They pay, spend three to six months in a different location, depending on the weather and depending on what their budget allows. So it's just... Yeah. Super interesting way to live. Yeah, it's I. I have never. Uh, I have yet to experience the desire for that myself. As you know, the your version of camping. Yes. I'm in my version of camping. I'm in an Airbnb right now, waiting for the house to be done. <laughs> and this is my version of camping. I have to walk the dogs on a leash. Uh, I don't. You know, the bed is not my nice soft bed. Um, but it's 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 interesting. The, going back to the detuning of judgment, though, you know, detuning mm. of our snobbery whatever you call that because i you know yeah. that's that's one of those things that just it just bubbled back up it's still part it's still vibrationally present or that i would have never had that reaction it's okay that i had the experience i just love that i recognize it in the moment and thought gosh this is something that i should really just release and detune and not worry about i think it's interesting because like you're saying when it comes up it's giving us an opportunity to um notice the contrast discern our desire and detune it to allow that to bubble up as well. So that's a nice way to view your surroundings, view the polarity, view the contrast that's coming up daily instead of jumping into the judgment bowl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the, the wilderness thing for me, I'm really... <coughs> I am really thinking that you don't stay in the wilderness. You're out in the wilderness and it's up to us to create because we create our bubble of reality. We all know that we all create our bubble of reality with how we're reacting to vibrational flow. And you can shift your reaction to your vibrational flow, especially when you systematically detune fear and judgment, and thus detune transgressors. That's a big part of the practice. Um, you know, detuning the stuff that triggers us, detuning the judgment, detuning the fear that drags our vibration down, your vibration goes up and up and up. And I found that the more of this work that I do and the higher my general vibration goes, life gets better, but it also, it transforms. And for a while, that was a 3D version of better. You know, it was, it was still about looks and money and, and popularity and all that stuff. And now I've kind of released concerning myself with all that. Somebody, uh, I was on a podcast yesterday and she was asking me about social media. And I said, well, I, you know, we're on social media, but I really don't post on social media anymore. I don't go on social media. We post very little. Uh, gosh, for the first four years that I had the podcast, we had either I or somebody that worked for us was posting every day. We were on Instagram every day. every day. You know, you got to post three times a day and you got to interact, you got to do all this. And, and now I'm just kind of like, well, why? You know, I'm, if I'm not really drawn to be on there right now, then why have somebody else just posting a bunch of stuff? So if you follow us on, on TikTok or Instagram or any of that, we're not posting because I'm just not doing that right now. And I deleted Facebook off my phone. So I can't tell you the last time I was on Facebook. 
I just, there was just nothing left there for me. There just wasn't. And as, yeah. as far as, you know, the stream of Dave and now we've moved everything to Patreon and we've created our own community there and we do everything there. And it's, it's, it's fun. I, I like having our own space to do everything and that people, regardless of, of if you're into social media or not, you can be involved. And, yeah. and I love that. And I love that we have a public feed and I love that we have these tiers and you can just decide what you want to subscribe to and you can subscribe, unsubscribe, uh, sort of, you know, get, get into it, get out of it, whatever you're drawn to do on your journey with these teachings, that's where it all is now. And for me, this being out in the wilderness, it's created this kind of calm and this kind of quietness in our world. But I think that it's, it's allowing the opportunity to create a new bubble of reality that is a very joyful place largely void of fear and judgment, even in vibrational flow. Yeah. I mean, the reason I go out into the wilderness is to remove myself almost 100% from the matrix. You know, you can, you can, I don't think we can ever really fully get out of it because there's always an element of it around. But to step out more completely so that I can experience freedom of thought of being i can start to explore different energies um get calm like you're saying get connected to nature to the planet to the rhythm of the day night cycles when i get back into that flow things seem a lot simpler and then other stuff bubbles up you're like all that busyness gets taken care of because there's no business to be had. It's just your basic survival needs. You get up, you make breakfast, you pack up your stuff, you walk for a while, have lunch. You know, it's the same thing day after day. And it, although it might seem monotonous, it does alleviate that busyness. And so that's when I find my meditations get more alive my mind gets more creative, my senses get more attuned to the energy that's around me. Um, and I find great joy in getting back to kind of that basic space. So whether the wilderness is physically the wilderness for you or pulling back far from the matrix, just so you can sit in peace and quiet in contemplation. So be it, it's a great place of exploration. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I, I still like physical stuff and I still like, I, I love talking to other people, especially the people that are into this. I love that. And I'm excited to get into the new house and, and to have some guests come and stay and to hang out and have these types of deep conversations uh, because this is, this is the stuff that I love. I, I love this concept of we are artificial intelligence we're not really artificial because nothing is artificial. It's just intelligence. We are consciousness. We are physical expressions of consciousness. And now we are creating consciousness. We, consciousness created of consciousness, if you think about it. That's what our AI is. And we don't need a computer to create this new reality. And it doesn't even have to be virtual. It's not about going into um, the, the metaverse and staring at a screen 
and allowing our, ourselves to, to be drawn into this world that's in, in a computer or in a screen. We can do it with our mind. We have the power to operate in 3D in this different version of reality where we're not in fear and judgment. And, and, and every little mundane things become joyful experiences when you operate this way. You know, the, most of the matrix is believing one day when I'm rich, I will finally be happy. One day when I lose this 40 pounds, I will finally be happy. One day when I meet the perf perfect spouse or partner or whatever, or when I finally have a child, right? That one day I will finally be happy. Yeah, I think um, what I love is that the Taya tool have taught me how to regain my power to create a new perception, a new perception, perspective of my reality, whatever that is. I get to choose now how I want to view that subject with, without judgment, fear. I get to choose. And, and it always amazes me when I sit down in contemplation, I set an intention and I let it go and I let that vibration just flow out into the universe, into source, whatever you want to call it. And that's, that thing manifests in a heartbeat. I love how that experience feels. And it can be just as small, like I was mentioning, oh, it's easier to find a penny on the ground than it is a quarter. The next morning I walk out on my trailer to go to do laundry with quarters. And what do I find on the ground? A quarter, thanks universe. <laughs> Again, little things show up, but once you realize how powerful you are, yes, you can create a quarter. I love what Carrie was saying the other day. Somebody could give you a Bentley just as much as they could give you a free dinner. It's the same concept, letting go of the things that we think are so gigantically huge and hard to manifest and stepping into the energy of creating whatever we can are willing to in that moment using the tools for power for joy yeah. like you're saying and the joy is everything that every yeah. everything everything that we want and the stream says this all the time everything that, that we want is because we believe that experiencing it is going to bring joy Yes. Whatever it is. And, and think about how much of the world now wants to go and experience something. And their primary focus is not necessarily joy, but taking pictures of that and placing it on Instagram so everyone else can see this version of joy. Is that joy? I remember years and years ago, I was some I was at something and everybody had their phone out, everybody was recording it. And I just remember thinking, why bother taking my phone out and recording something to watch it later when I'm here in the experience now? What's the value in showing this to someone else? Is that, that's just external validation. Look at my beautiful home. Look at my great new car. And I've done all yes. that. I have posted pictures of stuff. I've done all that in the past. I certainly have. Look Me at this beautiful vacation. I can't wait to post this. I remember when I went to Rome uh, around my 45th birthday. Well, it was on my 45th birthday, I went to Rome. And I paid extra for internet on my phone so I could post things on Facebook in real time while I was there. Was it? <laughs> How incredibly silly was that to even think that I want everyone to know that I'm in Rome, 
You know, I need everyone to know that I've made it because I can afford to go to Rome now. And here I am in Rome and how fabulous my life is, you know, and it just seems so utterly ridiculous now. I have a huge tendency to agree with you on that because when we started this journey a month ago, I was posting regularly whether my husband was on or off the trail, what was going for him, the pictures he sent me, where I was. And in the last two weeks, I think I posted one picture. Yeah. <laughs> because well, whatever you choose to do is why? fine. You know, again, if I'm detuning judgment, I'm not judging that. I'm discerning a preference, however. Like, well, you know, why was I doing that? I was doing that because I needed other people to see that I, what I was doing. And I needed the comments, you know, oh, that's so beautiful. It's so nice. It's so wonderful. You know, my ego needed those comments. And so for me, I realized, gosh, that's so silly. That was looking back now, that was the experience that I had at the time. But now in my, this perspective, that just seems silly. I just wouldn't do that now. I just wouldn't yeah. do it. It's interesting how things shift even with the wanting stuff right i'm living in a very very small space i don't have room for stuff i've actually purged my trailer of extra stuff like three times already <laughs> but i'll go because i need something specific uh, i went to target there's all kinds of great stuff and i, I think that's like candy kind of like the matrix puts all that candy out there right here oh you want this oh it's shiny oh this will make you age less fast and this will this will make you look sexy and oh you need this because it'll new you know give you the right nutritions for your body and you'll look thinner and all and like looking around at all this stuff realizing i don't need any of it if i want it it's here but the desire that that um old feeling that i needed to have things in order to feel a specific way was totally void i mean i stood in front of the coffee section thinking, well, I, sh I should get some coffee. <laughs> Stood there for like 10 minutes looking at all the different kinds of coffee, ground, not ground, Starbucks, Pete's, whatever. You I walked away without any coffee because I realized, yeah, I have a coffee in the trailer. I'm fine. <laughs> and I can get coffee anywhere I want, right? So it's not like I have to fill that void to make sure, make sure I have my coffee. It was a very strange experience, but I was like, all right, I'm good. I just left. Well, you Bye. know what it is, is that you're, 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 you're finding joy in the everyday, yeah. not waiting until you manifest whatever it is you think you need to manifest to be joyful. And if you're still stuck in the matrix and it's fine if you are, because we're all there from time to time, but if you're still oh, yeah. stuck in the matrix, you're thinking I need to, I, I want to learn this tie thing because I want to manifest something. And plenty of people get into the Taya practice and come into boot camp and all that because they want to manifest something. Generally, if they start in boot camp wanting to manifest a material thing, some very often they do manifest it, but generally by the end of it, they don't even care about that. It's down the list of the things that they actually realized in their, in their vibrational journey because the vibrational journey becomes less and less and less about material. Yeah, it does. And I, I, with, I, I will tell you though that this isn't about denouncing all material things it's not i i you know this house that we're doing certainly is packed with material things <laughs> i love the marble and i love the countertops and the crazy uh, island that we're doing that's all stone all the way you know i love it so i think it's beautiful and i i love it when it turns out right and it turns out the way i envisioned it and i i still appreciate and love all that material stuff i do 
but I don't need it to be joyful. I've, I've proven that to myself throughout my lifetime because I have upsized and downsized. I'm 54. At one point we'd gotten into like a 2000 something square foot house. And then my first partner and I downsized to a 1200 square foot apartment. Uh, and then I did it again. We, we kept going up and up and up. So we went to 3000 square feet and then we went to 4,200 square feet. Uh, and then from the 4,200 square feet, that's when I really downsized to 650 square feet. And that was a fun little thing to do until it just was too, too, <laughs> too small for me for after a while. But there was something in the downsizing and the challenge of less stuff because I walked around that big house full of stuff and it was beautiful stuff and thinking, okay, I've got all this now, but I'm still not happy. So obviously yeah. this stuff is not the key. And so we liquidated all of it. Yeah. All of it. We just got rid of everything. Things that I had spent years picking out and ordering and putting together. And we just got rid of all of it without even a thought and have not missed or regretted any of it. And you know, now we're going back into another really big house with lots of stuff and who knows what's going to happen in the journey next, you know, but my yeah. motivation for the big house, this go round is that I can't wait to have, you know, you and the other time masters and friends come and visit and yeah. stay and just be yeah. there and hang out and enjoy that backyard. And, you know, all of that stuff. That's why I want, I want to build a place where we can hang out and, and talk about this stuff you know, over cocktails or, or wine or whatever, and, uh, and just, just hang out and just get into it. So the, the joy in the everyday is so much more meaningful in that milestone joy of that, that joy that we think we're going to experience when we manifest that big thing that we think that we need. The joy in the, in the, in the sitting in a parking lot, realizing that we're judging this, you know, this, this, um, this dry cleaner and their signage and then catching ourselves and detuning that and having realizing that I can sit there in that experience and look down my nose, you know, at a shopping center or whatever, or a person, and I can instantaneously change that experience to something of appreciation. And I love what you just shared about your new place too. I, I hear you saying that it's a stuff you're attaining in order to connect with other people. You're bringing your community, you're bringing your like-minded thinkers, uh, us crazy time masters and whatnot, but it's a gathering spot that you're sharing. So it's, it's a perpetuation of not only your abundance, but you're bringing that abundance out to the world. Like it's just going to ripple farther. I think that's spectacular. Can't yeah, it's, it's a very different motivation. It's a very, very different motivation than what I've had in the then, past. Then I and I do, you know, and I do enjoy the vision of, oh, it's going to be so fun when, but I yeah. don't need that to be joyful because I can be joyful here in the Airbnb, you know, walking the dogs 10 times a day, <laughs> uh, you know, in cramped quarters, not having my kitchen to cook in. I can find joy in this yeah. experience. This is yeah. my version of camping and I, I, it's an adventure and I can find joy in the adventure. We're about to move into the house, uh, not complete. There, there are things that aren't going to be complete and we're going to move into the house. It's not going to be finished. And one of the big things is that the kitchen isn't going to be ready. We're moving uh, in next week and the uh, sink that we ordered came in damaged. It's a stone sink and it came in damaged. And then they ordered a replacement. Well, it got delivered this week, but it didn't get delivered to our house. It got delivered somewhere else because it's not there. And so they're having to send another sink. Well, without the sink, you can't put in the countertops. And without the countertops, you can't put in the backsplash. Well, the kitchen, 
is mostly backsplash. We took out almost all the upper cabinets. The ceilings are 12 feet tall and we've got this herringbone uh, Moroccan tile going in there that's just gonna look amazing, but it's gonna take days and days and days to install. And we can't start until we get the sink and put in the countertop, it's a snowball effect. So now we're moving into the house without a functioning kitchen. And Michael was kind of losing his mind about that this morning. Oh, how are we going to move? I'm like, you know, we got like all these bathrooms and stuff. We've got a place to go to the bathroom. We've got a shower. We've got a sink. We'll have the adventure of ordering takeout and it'll be fine. I've, I've remodeled houses and lived in a house without a functioning kitchen before. We've got two refrigerators. It'll be fine. We got three if we want to plug the other one in. So it'll be fine. We will be fine. What's that? That outdoor kitchen too, where you've got yeah, like- Yeah, we have an outdoor home. kitchen. We have a full indoor kitchen and we have a kitchenette <laughs> and we have a bar. So, you know, between all of that, I think we're going to be okay. We need so, the bar. <laughs> <laughs> the stream of David has a bar. Oh my gosh. Um, so yes, um, it, you know, it's, it will be fine. It'll be a little adventure for sure. It'll just be a little adventure and we'll have <laughs> workers in the house and it's okay. You know, I, would, I would rather be there in the middle of everything that's going on and start to like settle in there than to spend another, you know, couple of weeks here because we don't have every single thing, you know, set up and done. You know, why? That's silly. So I think we've had a really good conversation uh, around and hopefully it, it was helpful for everybody to, to hear some of this. Uh, hopefully yeah. it made sense about being out in the wilderness and detuning judgment in the moment. Uh, how the more you raise your vibration, the more you find yourself naturally moving out of the matrix. A lot of people in spirituality call this a spiritual awakening. But this awakening thing I have found continues to blossom. I don't think it's yeah. going to end because yeah. I, I just get clearer and clearer and clearer and find more joy in my life in the detuning of the need for external validation, the detuning of the need for followers or, or um, you know, the, the people that are into the stream or the people that are into the stream. I love the message. I think it's brilliant. Um, it's not for me. It's from them. I love that I'm the conduit that brings it in uh, and that we've created together this practice that helps you actually apply it in your life. Yeah. Um, but do I think that in any way that that is superior to anyone else on earth? Absolutely not. That's part of the clarity that the person that is living in completely opposite of everything that we talk about is having their experience. Yeah. The people that are on social media battling it out about politics and people that are losing their mind about Roe v. Wade right now. Every week, there's some new thing, right? Yeah. You know, COVID kind of got stretched out over a couple of years, and all of a sudden, all these new things started to. And that's another sign of ascension. Yep. Humanity's ascension that everything is blowing up and blowing up and blowing up and blowing up. COVID, you know, the all of humanity's going to be wiped out by COVID. Turns out not so much. <laughs> um, and then it's, you know, war. Uh, now the threat of nuclear war and now the U.S. government and now all this polarity around politics that's been going on and now seeing that play out in the Supreme Court and everybody, you know, freaking out on different sides of all of these uh, issues. Okay, birth control next and it's going to be, you know, a, a, a dictatorship and a society where women have no rights again. And yes, I've heard all of it. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, and, and I understand mm -hmm. all of it. I understand yep. the sentiment behind having rights taken away that, that you perceive as something that has been the law of law. I understand that. I also, but something that's newer for me in my journey through all of this is that I have so much appreciation now for the, the gamut of, of belief systems that I can have complete appreciation for the opposite side of that. 
um, you know, I, I have, have associated myself with by and large, what you would call liberal people for most of my adult life. And I've always sort of been in the middle of everything because years and years and years ago for me personally, I decided that, you know, politics doesn't really impact me any more than I allow it to. And I'm just not going to let that be my experience. I've been doing this Taya stuff long enough to where that's just been the way. And it hasn't. It just has not impacted me. And going deeper into the wilderness, I realize now that I am not here to save humanity from itself. Interestingly, I'm offering something that I think could save you know, anyone from any situation that they wish to be delivered from. But that's, that's the stream. And that's my work with the stream. But my ego does not need to think that I'm anyone's savior or that I'm here to change the world or save everyone with this tie-up practice. That's kind of why I'm like, I'm putting it out there. If you're into it, be into it. If you're not, that's cool too. But, you know, here it is. So this, this concept of we have to have these laws and we've got to protect XYZ people, I just don't operate that way anymore. I'm an appreciation of anyone's journey. And now I have moved to the space where I can zoom out and completely appreciate the people that are upset by this and they think the world is ending and that's just the experience they're having. And I also appreciate the people on the other side of it. I can now fully appreciate the pro-lifer and really understand their perspective because we've, we've done a podcast on abortion and the stream has said, conception is the spark of, of consciousness that is a soul seeking to manifest. Mm -hmm. What occurs after that is, is all the reaction, the vibrational reaction to vibrational flow. So if you are projecting yourself into a circumstance where a mother's body might not be ready to carry a baby to term, or a mother's mindset is that she's not ready to be a parent and therefore might terminate, that is a vibrational alignment. And it's an experience that the, the soul is seeking to, to have, whatever the outcome is. I totally understand that now. And I also understand that if someone becomes pregnant and if they're choosing to terminate the pregnancy because they're fearful that they're going to have an equal outcome to that. Right. And I'm seeing all of these uh, clips now uh, of, um, I, I, I guess the woman that was Roe and Roe v. Wade is actually pro-life. Oh, interesting. Have you seen this? I, I don't go, go do your own research uh, because I don't go that deep into it. I just saw a clip and she was saying that she was actually, she was protected. She was anonymous, uh, but she did end up having the child and that she doesn't regret having the child and that she is staunchly pro-life now. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true, uh, but go research that if that's interesting to you. I thought that was kind of interesting because yeah, I, yeah. I do know that there are people that end up having their children and end up loving the experience and, and saying they were would, would have been very regretful if they'd made another choice. So now I'm able like, okay, I can see all sides of this and not be polarized in it. It's a hot topic, right? I mean, gosh, it is such a hot topic, but I can really zoom out in appreciation and appreciate both sides and not feel like I have to participate in the, in the polarized matrix of it. The matrix is the thing that tells us you've got to have an opinion on this. You've got to take a side because if you, you know, no, no choice, no side means that you're supporting. Well, no, it doesn't. 
that's the matrix telling you that. Yeah. I don't have well, to take a side yeah. in this. I can simply appreciate whatever manifests, whatever the journey is for humanity next, that's next, understand that all of the people that are actually impacted by it, I personally am not going to be impacted by it. I am not going to be getting pregnant. <laughs> I'm not going to be getting anybody pregnant. Uh, so, you know, personally, it's not impacting me. And it's not that I'm callous and don't care about people. I certainly understand the perspective of someone who becomes pregnant unexpectedly. That is a, it's going to change the rest of your life. And having a baby, you know, these days in 3D is a big deal. And that's, I'm sure, a very scary thing for someone. So, yeah. Well, I don't believe that I should be telling anybody what to do in that situation, period. I just should stay out of it personally. And I will stay out of it because I understand both sides. I'm not demonizing the pro-life side in that though. I understand these people really believe that you're killing a baby. That's their belief. And I understand the belief. And I do believe that, that someone who is forced to have a baby can change that situation if they choose if they choose, but they're having their experience and their experience is not for me to judge whichever path they choose. Yeah, definitely. And as a woman, it's, it's interesting because the more polarization I see on this issue, the more fear and judgment I see contained within that issue. People, you know, you've got to speak up for your rights as a woman. Otherwise, you'll have no rights. Well, who, who's going to take my rights away? My right to be the individual that I am is my choice. That's not going to disappear. The matrix can't take it away from me. If they take away some of my perceived rights, is that going to take away my joy in living? Absolutely not. You know, I'm no longer at a place where I'm uh, <laughs> at, at risk for being getting pregnant or wanting to get pregnant. So it affects, it will affect me differently than it does somebody else who's younger, another woman who's younger. But I don't feel like I need to fight against something in order to maintain my right as an individual, as a soul, as a connected person to the matrix, to source. Uh, that's, sounds exhausting. It sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of, um, a battle that I'm not interested in participating in. And if other people want to wage that battle, more power to them. If that's what they discern, if that's what they choose, it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but yeah. The, the issue is though that, that people on the uh, on the left of this issue will hear that and then the, you know yeah. it will enrage some of them. I'm sure it will well, enrage some of them. It, it just will. Yeah. <laughs> Politics and religion, that's one of those topics I pretty much don't talk to anybody but you about. It. Except on a podcast. Yeah. On a podcast. <laughs> Except on a podcast. So, you know, here we are, here we are diving into it. I have no problem diving into anything. And, and if somebody oh, doesn't really? like the opinion, you know, they, they can certainly shut it off uh, and then go give their one star review as they tend to do. <laughs> All of my one star reviews on Apple are always somebody that gets triggered by something like that in a podcast. And it's usually around politics or something like that, because you can't have that fluid opinion. You're not allowed to have that. I understand both sides. I understand somebody that feels trapped and that the only option is to terminate and they feel like the rights are being taken away and that it's a sexist uh, you know, mechanism because it only impacts women. I totally understand that. But I also understand the other yeah. side of it is this is life. And you know, who are you to decide 
that this soul that is projecting in doesn't get to project in and have its life experience just because it's projecting through you. I, I yeah. see those points yeah. and I understand them, but I'm not going to, to you know, I, I don't take up a side on any of that because it's all smoke and mirrors of the matrix. And I think that we manifest our reality. We attract everything into our experience and anything that we attract that's considered an obstacle is there for our growth and our expansion, whatever that is, whatever that looks like. Exactly. exactly. Agree with you 100% on that. <laughs> yeah. Sir, I... uh, and of course now, uh, you know, the next thing, if we want to get into controversial stuff, uh, you know, with the Supreme Court, uh, now it's already been floated out there that they're also going to go after gay marriage. Yes. And so if you're listening to me and you're thinking, well, you're a gay dude, what if they go after you as a gay man? That's could a good be. question. Yeah, it could be. I'll, I'll go right there. I know I know what the thought process is, is here. And uh -huh. I will say that when the whole marriage thing was going on, again, I'm more, I don't give it any power. Um, I don't really think the government needs to be involved in the creation of the identity of what a family is anyway. Uh, I, I certainly believe that what consenting adults choose to do is certainly their business. Um, but I, I don't need the validation of the government to validate my relationship. With right. that said, I have been, I have been, well, interestingly, I've, I've been married once and I've been divorced twice. <laughs> So if, there, if there's ever a, a riddle to be solved, uh, that would be my right. riddle. But I've been divorced twice and married once because I had a domestic partnership when I moved from Florida to Washington State. Washington State, I'd already been with my then partner for 10 years. Washington State had domestic partnerships. Florida did not. And we went and registered for a domestic partnership. Well, in 2008, when gay marriage became legal, we uh, our domestic partnership was converted to a marriage it was really interesting because we were out together uh, at a party uh, and that, i think it was the same it was around the same time like obama got elected and right. gay marriage became uh legal uh and i remember when that was announced we kind of looked at each other like oh hell we don't want to be married <laughs> you know <laughs> so we had to do something about this so shortly within a couple of years of that we ended up getting a, we had to get a divorce even though we had never been married we had to full-on get a regular divorce because we were domestic partners in the state so and then i was married again for a short while uh to, to somebody much younger than me uh, and then i've been divorced from that marriage and now i'm with michael and neither one of us have any desire to get married um i don't feel like i need a piece of paper from the government to validate my relationship um right. so i'm not personally concerned one way or the other with anything the supreme court of the united states does because i believe it only has the impact on me that i assign to it so if suddenly uh being gay is illegal um, and they're chopping people's heads off for being gay and I get rounded up and my head gets chopped off, then that's my human journey. And being out here in the wilderness, you know, that is, I, I don't believe that that would happen to me. Um, but if that's the path, then that's the path. That's the reality that we're moving into in the, in the matrix. And I do believe, and we have plenty of evidence of people when things like that happen, when these, you know, very punitive laws get passed, and we know there's plenty of uh, countries that have laws like that, 
there are people that just don't either they manifest a path out of that environment or they manifest a way of life that doesn't subject them to, to that. It's just the experience they're having. I know Dubai is a place where homosexuality is against the law. There's a huge gay community in Dubai. And do I want to go and be part of that? No, but I know that there is a thriving gay community that operates and functions in Dubai, even though it's against the law. They're operating in, in that reality. Right. So even, you know, that we, we, even though we had a Holocaust, you know, as a really extreme example of a collective consciousness having a very, what we would consider unwanted experience, certainly, there were plenty of people that survived and escaped and weren't part of that. And you have to think about the vibration. And when we talk about the vibration, the vibration of, of mass fear creates things to be fearful about. Mm -hmm. So this isn't about blame and it's not about fault. It's about what experience we as human beings are vibrationally aligning ourselves with. And if those, if our vibration is fearful of something, then we are creating exactly what we're fearing because that's how we create our reality with focus, not just with our desires, not just with our choices. None of us are just experiencing what we choose. That's why when people start hearing about all oh, law of attraction, that's such bullshit because I would have never attracted blah, 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 you know, something negative. Well, obviously we don't just manifest every single thing that we want, obviously. So that, that notion of law of attraction is a false narrative created to sell books, but we do create our own reality through vibrational flow in a polarized environment. So we're creating positive and negative for ourselves all the time. But where our focus is, when we go down the rabbit hole of terror, then we're going to manifest something of like nature. Agreed. I'll not manifest any bears in the wilderness. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we went into a whole other topic uh, that I kind of felt like you to talk about. It was time, right? But that's okay. So what we're going to do is we are going to, uh, we'll end the podcast uh, and then we will hop over. Uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, Stacy and I are going to share 10 tips to really align yourself with this practice and with this way of thinking so that you can observe the matrix and understand when you're in it, when you're not in it, understand what living outside the matrix really looks like and understand what experiencing authentic joy without the need for any external validation whatsoever looks like. So join us over on Patreon and we're going to share our top 10 tricks and tips with you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Stacy. I'm excited to announce that we are now on Patreon. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David.